if a person that has anxiety and anxiousness doesn't get good REM sleep, you're going to be worn down, you're going to be groggy, and, and, it's going, and you're going to not be able to metabolize a hormone called cortisol very well. That's Dr. Peter Martoni, a chiropractor dedicated to improving sleep for better health. Today, he'll share how better sleep can reduce anxiety and balance hormones. Sleep plays a critical role of like plugging back in your, your smartphone or your cell phone at night. You need to recharge and allow all of your hormones to balance. And by the end of this episode, you'll learn how the different stages of sleep affect mental health. We'll share simple lifestyle tweaks to improve your sleep quality, and you'll understand the role consistency plays in balancing hormones and reducing anxiety. So if you're ready to improve your sleep for better mental health, stick around. But first, this is the FitMass where together we learn to develop habits that help us live beyond our mental health struggles to create happier, healthier lives. He's Zach. He lives in the future with his anxiety. He's Jeremy, and he lives in the past with his depression. And we get together once a week in the present to share the obstacles we face and how we overcome them. Hey, welcome to the show. Zach is off today. And listen, sleep is something I'm usually pretty good at. But for weeks, I've been dealing with a lot of stress and anxiety, and that's led to late nights, waking up in the middle of the night and not really being able to go back to sleep and feeling like crap because of it. Then, like I've heard from so many of you, daylight saving time really upended everything. It's now dark at four o'clock in the afternoon, which is <laughs> depressing as fuck. And people are really, they're sharing that it's amplifying their seasonal affective disorders. But this ridiculous manipulation of time is something we're going to continue to deal with since lawmakers can't seem to even agree on what time it is. So it's our responsibility to take control of how we respond. That's where Dr. Peter Martoni comes in. He's also known as Dr. Sleepright. He's been studying the role sleep plays in mental health, wellness, and fitness for decades. Coming up, he'll share the common mistakes you're making with your sleep habits, including the position you're sleeping in, and how they may be impacting your struggles with anxiety and depression. And I'll share my conversation with him so you can improve your own sleep habits right after this. Do you finally want to get the results you've been dreaming of? My personal trainer is giving you the chance to learn how to create an empowering environment that sets you up for success. In just five days, you'll discover why your current environment may be sabotaging your success, how to build a network of supporters who motivate you to bring your A-game, tools to design a lifestyle where you and your peers thrive, and his proven framework to make any goal a reality. Sign up now and you'll get the full five-day challenge program to build the right greenhouse for growth, if you will. Plus, you'll automatically be entered to win six months of personal coaching with my trainer, Joe Villegas. That's a total of $6,000 that you're getting for free. Don't let your surroundings dictate your destiny any longer. Take advantage of this limited time offer from Joe Villegas and finally make progress on your biggest goals. Let him help you create the empowering environment you need so you can achieve the breakthrough you've been waiting for. So sign up for Joe's five-day Change Your Life Challenge. You can do that at resultswithjoe.com or you can hit the link in our show notes at thefitmess.com. Dr. Martoni, thanks so much for joining us today. Let's start with some basics. What are the common mistakes you see people making when it comes to their sleep habits and their routines? Yeah, most people make a critical error in the positioning of sleep. We think about sleep as getting you know rest and repair and where we kind of rejuvenate. So so we're all trying to focus on getting the best sleep, but we miss the important aspect of the alignment when we're sleeping. And one of the reasons that we toss and turn is because our bodies are in pain. So the pure fact that we're putting ourselves into positions that are not sustainable all night long destroys the other two. So if we're not if we're not concerned with our structure and we're not if we're not putting ourselves into a position that is sustainable, which means it's a position that you can stay in for eight hours 
without tossing and turning, you're setting yourself up for failure every time you fall asleep. All right. So I have a question about this because I have, I, I probably have horrible sleep posture, but it's the, the position I do sleep in that I stay in, I think has done some damage. I have some shoulder, like chronic shoulder pain because I sleep on my left side with my arms sort of straight out underneath me. And it causes this sort of chronic issue with my rotator cuff. But that's the position where I'm most comfortable. So how do I start to counteract that? How do I switch that position so that I can actually sleep well and not do damage to my body? Well, first, it's not the position you're most comfortable. It's the position you feel most safe in. So comfort and security are very, very different. So we put ourselves into positions where we feel safe. Not where you're comfortable because you can't sustain a side sleeping position. So what I often ask people is I say, listen, watch a two hour movie in the position that you think you fall asleep in and see how long you can stay in that position. And arguably you can stay in that position for 20, 30 minutes, but your arm's going to start falling asleep and then you're going to toss and turn and you're going to have to move out of that position. Well, that's the same thing that's happening at night. So you're putting yourself into a position where your body weight is distributed over a small surface area and you're going to set yourself up for pain and discomfort. And then once you fall asleep, your subconscious brain is taking over anyways. So you're going to toss and turn. And if you do, let's say, have alcohol or you're really tired and you stay in that position longer, that's where you're doing the damage to the tissue and you're going to wake up being really, really stiff. But due to Davis's law, your tissue remolds based on the stresses that are applied. So if you fall asleep on your side uh, and on your shoulder, you're going to end up having shoulder impingement because the tissue just remolds and it, and, it, and it realigns the capsule. So when you fall asleep in a position, you need to, let's say it's a back sleeping position, understand why your body doesn't like it. It's not because it's not comfortable, it's because you don't feel safe. So then your body is going to toss and turn because your brain doesn't know how to relax. It doesn't know how to think differently while you're on your back. So there is a whole host of things that come up. So feeling comfortable or feeling safe, they're two very different things. And we're really trying to distinguish the two. So I know chiropractic is your thing, but let's get to psychological for a minute. What is it about maybe sleeping on your back or, or a healthier position? Why is there not a sense of safety? Is that something from childhood? Like where do, where do we develop that? Our bodies, so how do, we, how do we put it, especially the cross-dominant individual, an individual that's like right-handed, and when they make a circle, if they look, I'm looking at you through my right eye, right-handed, right eye, but I'm left-footed, that's cross-dominant. That individual has high anxiety, and they're going to be more likely to curl up in a ball. So pressure, curling up in a ball, picture an ostrich. In order for an ostrich to feel safe, it sticks its head in the ground, right, in the sand. <laughs> Well, we feel safe tucked up into a ball, back into the womb of our mother, you know, using pressure. That's why weighted blankets work, because pressure stimulates what's called the parasympathetic nervous system. So when you look at not feeling safe or feeling anxious or, or you have to run from a tiger, that's a survival state. So that puts your body into a sympathetic dominant state. When people lie on their back and they, they feel exposed, that's an anxious place to be. Because almost like that primitive way where somebody you think somebody's going to come in and stab you at a subconscious level. But when you're curled up in a ball, you feel protected and safe. So what happens is that you, your body's going to be able to drift off to sleep a lot easier because you won't have that racing brain that's subconsciously telling you to, to, to go into fight or flight. So that's a good segue into talking more about mental health and the impact of sleep. So if we're able to make that transition, sleep a little bit better in a better position, 
we're obviously getting better rest. So what role does that play in managing things like anxiety and depression? Yeah, well, you know, there there are, especially when you look at the different stages of sleep. So different stages of sleep, your body does different things. So you have, let's say, deep sleep, which is the deepest form of sleep is where your body repairs, where the body recharges, it heals. Then you have something that's called REM sleep. It's a shallower part of sleep, but it's where you dream. That's where your brain recategorizes information. So if you don't get, if a, if a person that has anxiety and anxiousness doesn't get good REM sleep, you're going to be worn down, you're going to be groggy, and, and, it's going, and you're going to not be able to metabolize a hormone called cortisol very well. So cortisol is that stress hormone, so it keeps you in a very anxious state because your body's not going through the natural sleep cycles to be able to rest, repair, and re-energize. So sleep plays a critical role of like plugging back in your, your smartphone or your cell phone at night. You need to recharge and allow all of your hormones to balance. If not, you start the day off in an anxious state. So speaking of stress, let's talk about HRV. This is something that uh, is, I think, probably new to a lot of people that are on this sort of new wellness journey or whatever. But tell me about HRV and why this is something important, why we should be tracking it and what role it plays in all of this. Yeah, so one of the one of the major reasons, and, and we have a, a protocol that we are going to start teaching in January, and that protocol uses a very specific variable in, in your body or a metric in your body, and that's HRV, to monitor how rested, how recharged, how re-energized you are. And HRV is simply the balance between two nervous systems that are on this constant seesaw, this teeter-totter, and it's the sympathetics which is the nervous system that is engaged when you're running from a tiger. So that's called your survive nervous system. And then you have your thrive nervous system. That nervous system is what controls your thrive systems, like your reproductive system, your digestive tract, and your immune system. So it's no coincidence that somebody that has, let's say, skin issues also has a digestion issue. Or somebody that has you know, hormonal imbalances also has, you know, they have allergies. It's because you, you, have, you have this constant seesaw. And when you have a sympathetic dominant state, which is where a lot of people live because of a specific nerve that gets inhibited due to side sleeping with that forward head posture, it's called your vagus nerve. So when you throw that vagus nerve into suppression and you have a sympathetic dominant state, there's this reading that's called heart rate variability. The same nervous systems that are controlling all of your vital organs are controlling your heart. So when you're sympathetic dominant, your heart get, your heartbeat gets very regular, which puts a significant amount of stress on your heart. When you are more of a have parasympathetic balance, your heartbeat, believe it or not, is more irregular, which distributes the um, stress with, over the whole heart, and basically your body is ready for anything that day. So we want to use that heart rate variability reading to score how rested we are or how balanced we are between those two nervous systems. Because you want your, yes, you, when you want to run from a tiger, you want to run from a tiger, but you want to be in balance when, you, when your body, you know, in order to digest food, in order to have good hormone balance and things like that, we need a little bit more balance. So when our HRVs are really low, it means we're very sympathetic dominant we're over, when we're running our systems down by uh, you know high cortisol levels and, and will become chronically fatigued in no time. So what is, how does all of that play into somebody with insomnia or some sort of a sleep disorder? Like what, what's going on there where somebody just, they cannot get to sleep, they end up struggling and getting you know three or four hours of sleep a night? Well, when you look at insomnia, 
unfortunately, there are so many different variables for that. Most of the time, their timing is off. They have high anxiety. They can't shut their own brains down. They're, they're either eating too late. They're having too much caffeine. They have nicotine that keeps their body stimulated. They have some stimulants that their body isn't dealing with well. They're not detoxifying well at night. There's just so many, so many variables with insomnia. So I think really a, a good overview is to take a good look at the, the median of how people are, right? You got great sleepers. You got insomniacs, and then you have 90% of the other people that live right in the middle. The people that live in the middle, you, you, or the, the, the most of the people that are out there, they have full control of their daily rituals. And as long as they kind of you know, pull things into a consistent pattern, they start to get their timing right, they start to work on their, their focus of their alignment while they're sleeping at night, they create that safe environment, and they manage their airway effectively, being able to you know, manage that airway while they're breathing, especially in those positions, and they learn how to shut off their brain, most people can get a great night's sleep if they start working on these habits. I want to talk a little bit more about some solutions that you have to offer, but tell us a little bit more about how you got into this. How, how did sleep become such a focus of the work you do? I can still remember when I was six years old in Malden, Massachusetts, and, and I was, my bed was up against a window and on my front porch, on a busy street and I could always remember when my parents told me to go to sleep. I always thought when I laid in bed, somebody was going to smash through that window, kidnap me and take me away. So I curled up in a ball. I put all my stuffed animals all around me and I like faced the crucifix. So you know, prayed to the Lord that I would, nobody would take me like that's how we are told to go to sleep. And I did that for years and years and years. I had shoulder impingement syndromes. I had hip issues. I had back issues and then fast forward and, you know, I was a chiropractor at the time helping people with back pain and neck pain and I myself had pain the first 15 years of my practice almost every day and I just attributed because I'm a mountain biker or, you know, just, just I, I work out at the gym so, oh, it's there, I can help them but I couldn't even help myself and then finally I herniated my own disc in my lower back. I was in the emergency room. I knew that there was a pattern. I'd been helping thousands of people. I take x-rays, I take post x-rays, and I reviewed 3,000 x-rays and found that the body works on loss. Due to the writing reflex, body posture adjusts to head position. So I had this forward head posture because I was sleep, sleeping curled up in a ball, and then the body reacts by taking pressure off of the, the, uh, the what's called dura matter in the spine, it rotates the hips through a psoas major muscle spasm. That psoas is the only muscle in the human body that attaches directly to a disc. So I'm like, holy mackerel, when the psoas is in spasm, it causes a weak disc. That's why I had pain all these years. So I started to jam, what was it? It was a towel at the time under my neck and falling asleep like that and found that as I started to correct my cervical curve, it took out the rotation in that psoas spasm and Next thing you know, my disc herniation is healed. I've never had back pain again since. So then I developed a solution in a pillow, and now I train people all over the world on, on how to implement these patterns uh, in, in their own life. So let's talk about that device. You, uh, that is, it sounds a little more sophisticated than a towel. Tell us about uh, the neck nest. <laughs> you know, so, so the, the, and, and really, I mean, the device is a, it is a type of pillow, 
I'm an exercise physiologist, I'm a chiropractor, you know, my, my passion was kinesiology, the study of biomechanics. So when you look at how the body moves and how it reacts, it reacts under loss. One of the laws in the body, we've all heard it, if you don't use it, you... You lose it, yeah, lose absolutely. It, right? So that means anytime you support something in the body, you're going to make it weaker, whether it's a back support, whether it's an arch support, whether it's a cervical support while you're sleeping at night. When you support the, uh, the head or you support the, the cervical spine and the, actually the cervical spine and the head together, you're destroying the natural arch in the neck. So what a neck nest is, is it will just sit on your, your bed if you don't know how to use it. So we have all of these, these programs to help people learn how to use it. It's a pillow that is designed to be placed in a specific position where it basically hugs your neck and it uses the weight of your head lightly off of the back of the neck nest to gently stretch your neck while you're sleeping. It uses distraction and it gently stretches the curve back into your neck and the body will respond through the writing reflex by realigning your entire spine once you end up getting your sleeping position correct. I imagine in, in addition to that curled up uh, position that we're also staring at our phones all day, heads down, we're staring down at our computers all day. I mean, that's just got to be exacerbating the problem. Yeah, we call that the modern day lifestyle. So some of the things that we have identified is the, is the need, how the need of getting your sleeping position is increasing so so rapidly because of the amount of time we're spending on our cell phones, amount of time we set on, spend on computers, kids studying in school, with all of that forward head posture, it's being reinforced by side sleeping. So it's just destroying the structure. I see 10-year-olds in my office with stage one degenerative changes. I mean, that's I'm seeing kids earlier and earlier in, in, in our offices with these degenerating spines. And the one thing that nobody's talking about and is that the, the spine houses the central nervous system, right? So, so the structure of your spine, all of these nerves are within that spine. And when you throw off the structure of the spine, you infect the integrity of the nerve. And that nerve, you know, just like a wire going to a light bulb, if you have a dimmer switch and you dim the switch, if you affect the function of that nerve, you're going to dim the organ. And you're going to throw the body into imbalance and a lot of times people are looking at the organ as the cause of the problem when it's really the structure of the spine affecting the nervous system throwing that out of balance and that and that's where disease comes from oh, that's fascinating tell me uh so aside so obviously there's the neck nest right that's this is one tool that's available to correct some of this what are some other things people can just start doing today to start making sure that they are not contributing to their own problems yeah so you can start sleeping on your back don't support your head so what you want to do is you want to take a pillow, put it under your neck and allow your neck, your head to, to hang off the back of the pillow. Then the next thing you got to get down is you got to get comfort, right? I mean, you, you have to feel protected. So feeling protected, I recommend people getting a, a sleep mask. Mm. You can get a sleep mask anywhere and use that pressure against your eyes because we find if you just use pressure against your eyes, that stimulates the uh, vagus nerve and it improves heart rate variability, lower, lowering your heart rate, and that will allow you to also get good sleep. And then the third thing is, is when you sleep, sleep with your hands and your feet out of the covers so that when you sleep with your hands and your feet out of the covers, your, your hands and your feet are going to be like radiators. And, and we need our body temperature to drop about two degrees 
uh, Fahrenheit in order to get into good deep sleep. So you want your hands and your feet out so you can cool your core. Yeah, I, lo I love sleeping in a cold room. This is a constant battle with my wife and I with the uh, thermostat. So that's funny. But also when I was a kid, I, uh, it's funny you mentioned safety because I could not have my feet out from under the blanket because there was that like, you know, the boogeyman or whatever was going to get your feet. So it's funny how like even that psychology, there is that safety of like, I'm under the blanket. So I'm, I'm safe. Yeah, it's, it's amazing. And that's, it's important. I tell people try to maybe lock your door. If you, if you sleep alone, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? Yeah. You got to make sure put, put an alarm on. So, so, you know, subconsciously you don't think somebody's going to break into your house when you're sleeping. Right. And, and it's really off, uh, common that people that are, are, are sleep on the first floor sometimes have a little bit of an yeah. issue because of people coming into the windows. Yeah. You know, it's, it's like all of the subconscious thoughts, you know, that, that, that go through our heads that, that affect our sleeping and, and, and nobody really talks about yeah. it. Uh, some basic sleep hygiene. How much sleep do we need? Uh, seven, seven hours seems to be the magic number I hear a lot. Is there a number that applies pretty universally? Yeah, if I got seven hours, I would be dead to the world I, uh, because my brain works very, very, the, more, the, the, the higher metabolism you have, the more you, that are, are, you're a thinker you are. You think about this. Here's a phone, right? You have a you have a, a a cell phone. The more apps you have running, the more it's going to drain the battery, and the more recharge time you need. So if you are one that exercises often, you have a you want to stimulate your metabolism. Believe it or not, you sleep more. Your metabolism's metabolism's going to raise. So if it, I like the to to decide how much sleep I need, I have a target HRV. This is what we teach in our certification program. So I have a target HRV. That target is 40, right? I want whether you you whatever wearable you have, it doesn't matter. Mine's 40, just based on the inaccuracies of my wearable. <laughs> right. You what you want to do is you want to identify the day that you feel the best, and you want to understand what that HRV would be, and then you want to increase that by 15%. Just think about giving yourself 15% more energy and more performance. So you come up with your target, increase that by 15%. Well, you come up with a number, increase that by 15%. That should be your target. And then you figure out how much sleep because the amount of sleep is arguably just as important as the quality of sleep. So you can get away with less sleep if your quality increases, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So so the amount really varies based on individual to individual sure. based on your quality of sure. sleep. This is something I've, I've always, um, I, I do a lot of Googling because I, my, according to my inaccurate wearable device, my HRV is a lot lower than I would like it to be. And it, it, for me anyways, the way my brain works, it's hard for me to wrap around, wrap my head around what are the steps to take to increase my HRV? Like, you know, I can say I want to walk 10,000 steps a day and I can go walk 10,000 steps a day, but to go like, I want my HRV to go up 5%. What are the steps I do to actually make that happen? <laughs> yeah. Uh, HRV tends to uh, so you th think about it. HRV is a balance between the parasympathetic and the sympathetic. Most of the things that drive that balance are, you know, let, let's say other than nervous system, right? The things that, that are chronic habitual thought patterns. So, so when, you, when you look at your stinking thinking, that is what is ultimately driving that balance. Then now let's put the restrictions on. Let's put forward head posture, which means due to our sleeping position, our head comes forward. That compresses a specific nerve in your spine called your vagus nerve. 
80% of your entire parasympathetic nervous system signal runs through that nerve. So as you have forward head posture or you lose a cervical curve, you can figure that out by x-ray, you are going to be vagus nerve inhibited. So you, you can try on the other end to wax and shine your shoes, but if you're always walking in the dirt, you know, you, you're <laughs> gonna, it's going to be a constant battle. Like so so you, you have to really be focused on decreasing, you know, getting right between your ears. You do that with exercise and metabolize the cortisol during the day. And then you, uh, you try to, you know, have different relaxation techniques and then attach yourself to a scent. So we have some challenges, like, like entry-level challenges that we offer in, in sleep quizzes that people can do. And those things are, are good ways to kind of start to dive into the whole understanding of what you need to That's do. That's amazing. Uh, well, tell us more about that, where we can learn more about the Neck Nest and, and the work you do. Where can we find you online? Yeah, so if you want to take one of our, 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 our sleep risk assessments, you just go to drsleepright.com. And there you can take that sleep risk assessment. You can look at the different programs that we have. And then on that page, there's a, our products page, and that links to our Neck Nest website. And what I would recommend, even before you, if you decide to get one or before you get one, just watch the videos on, on what we stand for, what it is, you know, because... Most people, the hum, human nature is to go towards pleasure and away from pain, right? So we want to do more of the same because it's very, it's tougher to change. So when we look at, I told you some of the reasons why we toss and turn, one of the reasons, well, actually you, you said I'm more comfortable on my, on my yeah. side. No, you're not. You're more, you feel more protected right. on your side, but you're more comfortable in a position that you can stay in more sustainable. So understand what that position is. And then you don't have to convert to that position the entire night. You just need to make a commitment. You're only in control of when you close your eyes and then subconscious takes right. over. So you make a commitment on falling asleep the right way. And that's what we tell our, uh, uh, that's what we tell our patients and clients is that you don't, you're not making a commitment to do this for the entire night. We're teaching you how to fall asleep with the right rituals and then you just do that every single night and, and let the body do what it's going to do in the middle of the night. Our thanks to Dr. Peter Martoni. The links he mentioned are in the show notes for this episode at thefitmess.com. And I think the key takeaway for you is to consider how your sleep habits may be causing not only physical pain, but also messing with your mental health as well. So whether you need the neck nest or you just need to make some other small tweaks like he mentioned, they could go a long way in improving the way you feel. That's it for this episode. We appreciate you being there. If this episode has been helpful for you in any way, and you know of others who may have similar struggles, please consider sharing this with them so they can learn some of these new ideas to improve their sleep as well. Thanks so much for listening. We'll see you next time at thefitmess.com. We know this podcast is amazing and doesn't seem to lack anything, but we need a legal disclaimer. Prior to implementing anything discussed in this podcast, it is your responsibility to conduct your own research and consult your physician. You should assume that Jeremy and Zach don't know what they're talking about, and they're not liable for any physical or emotional issues that occur directly or indirectly from listening to this podcast.